0: Good morning, Harvest. Good morning, everybody. Great to see you all this morning. So, welcome both in person and live stream. Very happy that you joined us this morning. I'd like to open up the service this morning with praying through Scripture and calling on our Heavenly Father in preparation for our hearts and minds, for the word that Pastor Bert, Greg will be bringing us this morning from 1 Corinthians 8. So would you join me this morning for a bit of an extended prayer time and um, as I pray and read through scripture in prayer? Let's begin. Lord, Psalms 91, whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. nor the plague that destroys at midday. Heavenly Father, we rest in the shadow of the Almighty. You are our fortress and our refuge. We humbly come to your throne this morning with hearts that want to glorify and serve you. We recognize that only by allowing your spirit to move in our hearts are we able to love others like you have loved us. Lord, your words in John thirteen thirty four, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Father, continue to help us understand the depth of your love so that we can in turn love others unselfishly. The Apostle Paul writes in Colossians 3.12, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with one another and forgive one another. If you have a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you, and over all these virtues, put on love." which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, since as members of one body you are called to peace. And be thankful. Father, I pray that these attributes that the Apostle Paul writes about are exemplified here in our lives and at Harvest Church. At a time when there is so much in this world to be anxious and fearful and uncertain about, we desire the peace of Christ to rule in our hearts as we put our future and hope in your perfect hands, Lord. Paul again writes in Corinthians thirteen four, love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered it keeps no record of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. Lord, even though we as family members come with so many different backgrounds and circumstances, we desire to stand unified in Christ in the death burial, and resurrection of your Son for the forgiveness of our sins and the continued preaching and teaching of truth which is found in Scripture as we grow together as your family and as we love each other and neighbors as you have loved us. In your name we pray. Amen.
1: Amen. Thank you, Scott. Um, if you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter. 8, um, and we, uh, I made a video that went out Friday that uh, explained, hey, we're not going to be in Isaiah this week. We'll, we'll be back in Isaiah next week. Um, but uh, the, the reason that we're in a, another passage today is because of the world we're in right now, COVID and masks and no masks and, and, and all that. But, um, but what we're talking about today in, in 1 Corinthians 8 um, it will, will, uh, will be true long after we don't think about masks anymore. Um, um, and, and I want to be clear, like we're talking about this today, I don't think like the church is about to split over masks or anything like that. Uh, I don't. I don't want to dramatize anything. But I also know in talking with different people in our body that, that uh, there are some pretty strong feelings on one side or the other. Right, and, and maybe we don't see the extremes that we see in our culture right now over masks, but you know, for some, like masks are super critical, and for others, masks, you know, make no sense. Um, so I don't think we're going to split. But honestly, my heart's been really heavy all week for our body because I, I, I just I want us to be united in Christ. Um, I want us to care about God's glory more than anything else, more than comfort, more than health, more than politics, more than opinions, more than you know, fill in the blank. Um, and one way that the church so glorifies Christ is by our love for one another. So my hope is that this passage helps us in growing and in loving each other, in considering brothers and sisters in Christ way beyond this pandemic. Um, so let's jump in here. First Corinthians chapter eight, verse one. It says, "Now concerning food offered to idols, we know that all uh, all of us possess knowledge." And he says, "This knowledge puffs up, but love builds up." So he's speaking about idols, food that's offered to idols. Um, and I'll fill in some of the details uh, in a bit about that. But then he mentions this knowledge. And he says that, that knowledge uh, can puff us up, right? Knowledge can give us uh, this confidence, this, uh, this pride, right? I know something, right? And I have this figured out. And, and maybe maybe it's true. Maybe like you really did figure this, uh, this thing out, uh, but so often uh, knowledge can result in in this pride, right? We get all puffed up, we we look big, we we feel big, but the reality is it's just a bunch of air. And he tells us that uh, what's even better than having knowledge, he says, it's love. Love builds up, right? That's what the body of Christ is supposed to do. The church is supposed to build one another up. And there are so many times when I think as a body, we do that actually really well. Uh, we do that with close relationships that we have. Like I, I get to, I get to uh, see things. I get to hear things about people loving each other super well. People that they've been close with maybe for years and years. But also, I think our church does a pretty good job of loving people that maybe we don't really know that well. But but we've been in the same body for long enough that we've we know who each other are. And something comes up, and and, and we love each other well. And I think that. Um, Melissa, uh, Melissa's house burning down is a great example. Of that. I think Jim's scooter dying is, is a great example. Of that People for Melissa, if you don't know, her house burned down, lost pretty much everything. And we've had so many people that, that have uh, donated money or bought stuff for her that, that she needs for once she finds a place. And we, we still do need to pray that she can find a place. She hasn't found a place yet that she can afford. And, and Jim, he's, he's a uh, the guy that uh, he, he rides a scooter up to church. I'm not talking like a, a little scooter like that, like a powered scooter scooter um, and it broke down and and that's his only way to get around like in his house and outside of his house like he he needs his scooter Um, so it's been kind of a mess trying to get that but um we found out that, uh, I can't remember if it's Medicaid or Medicare, but one of them is going to pay for almost all that scooter. So this money that we raised for Jim, I told him, like, hey, Jim, we're just ready. <laughs> like, something falls apart in your house, like, we're going to help you. Or, you know, whatever it is, like, we're we're set because um, God's provided, you know, through, uh, through Medicaid or Medicare, like, that most of his scooters is going to be paid for. So I think it's beautiful, like, how we love each other. I think um, we do such a, a good job of that in so many ways. But there's also room for growth, right, in any church. Um, there are times when, when the church doesn't do that well. Uh, and, and sometimes um, what, we, what we know gets in our way. Um, and instead of building up, we can be pretty quick to tear people down in our minds or in, in our hearts with our words, with our actions. Or sometimes we just don't even see our brother or sister, because we're so focused on what we know, on, on so focused on, on being right, and we, we get all puffed up, and we don't notice them, and the concern, the care that we ought to have for brother, sister in Christ can be blocked off by us being right, by us knowing. Verse 2, he says, if anyone imagines that he knows something, he does not yet know it as he ought, and, and sometimes Paul says things in, in funny ways. What he's saying... Sometimes we can be convinced that we know some, something, and yet we, we really don't know as much as we think to know or maybe as much as we need to know. So are you humble in what you know? Right? Are you humble even in your convictions? God is omniscient, which is just a big word for saying God's all-knowing right? And we are not. And it's really good to remember that we don't know all there is to a situation, right? We don't know everything that's going on in the heart and mind of a brother or sister in Christ. We certainly don't know everything that's going on in their body. Our knowledge in any subject, in any situation, it is never exhaustive, right? No matter how much we know, there's always more to know. There's always more to understand than what we have acquired. So we need to be humble And COVID's been tricky, and it's been frustrating as as the experts have come out with this thing, and then like two weeks later, it seems like they're saying the opposite things. It's been hard to keep track. Um, It's been hard to to figure out like, man, what is true here? And, And yet all of us form opinions, right? All of us come to conclusions, and maybe your conclusion is spot on. But even if you are right, I hope that you admit that there's plenty that you don't know. Right, that's the boat that all of us are in. There's a ton that, that we do not know, not, not just in COVID, but, but in all of life. And, and all of us have to make decisions. And with everything that's happened over the last year, I think a lot of us, maybe all of us, are pretty worn out. Right, e- even if you and everyone close to you is healthy, right, e- even if you are still employed, this year's just been a grind. I know. For some of you this year, uh, you have lost your job, right? Or, 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 or uh, maybe you haven't lost your job, but your work environment's just become toxic for whatever reason. Some of you I know, it's been um, a, a, a real burden that you've gladly taken on, but a burden to care for someone that's vulnerable. And you've had to make sacrifices, and it's it's just been tough. I know some of you have lost uh, your business. You're trying to figure out how to make ends meet. I know others that you haven't lost your business, but you're, you're just trying to keep your head above water so that you can pay your employees so that they can feed their families. Um, This is the first year that I can remember that parents are more excited than kids to be done with school for the year and to get to summer. Like, I know, I'm so pumped. I've been counting down. We started counting down day one, actually, like 180 days. I let my kids know when we only had 179 left. Um, Some of you have have dealt with depression or anxiety in, in ways that maybe you haven't dealt with ever before, or maybe it's just been a really long time. I know I've been more anxious in the last six to eight months than I've been in my whole adult life combined. I've never experienced uh, this. Um, man, some of you feel trapped, right? And, and then we throw masks on top of all of this stuff. And, and for some, wearing masks is nothing, right? It doesn't bug you. In fact, you don't mind that like, you don't have to put on makeup or guys, you don't have to shave, right? Um, or or I like that I'm not as self-conscious about my breath after lunch because I got a mask on, like who cares if I had onions on my tacos? Um, So even while uh, we have a a ton to thank God for, and I really hope you can see like reasons to thank God uh, in this last season, um, this year's been hard and and so many issues in our country have just been so polarizing, and what we know often hasn't helped us to be more loving as we're just kind of exhausted or wiped out. Verse 3, Paul says this. He says, but if anyone loves God, he is known by God. And that's a significant statement that I think would be pretty easy for us to just blow by, that, that those who love God, those who are in Christ are known by God. Right? And it's one thing as a believer, and this is significant, to be able to say, I know God, right, because of Christ. Like, I know God the Father, Jesus the Son, the Holy Spirit. That is significant. The more I think about it, though, I think it's even more significant to say that I am known by God, that you are known by God. And I was trying to think of an example of like some person that all of us could think, like, man, it would be amazing to be known by like this famous person. And I was trying to think of like athletes, that won't work. Politicians certainly won't work. Um, so I thought of Billy Graham, right? Like, I hope we can all go, man, Billy Graham's pretty amazing, uh, pretty amazing guy. Uh, well, uh, Billy Graham knew my wife's uh, grandpa. Wally. Wally, uh, Wally. moved to Seattle. I don't know if it was like the 40s, moved to Seattle, lived with a family for a while that uh, housed like um, evangelists and missionaries and and itinerant preachers. Um, And his dad, Wally's dad, was an itinerant preacher. He traveled all across the country preaching at different things. So Wally had a place to stay here in Seattle with his family as he got his feet under him. And Billy Graham came out for his first crusade and stayed at this same house with Wally. And and crusades back then, like Billy Graham's crusades at the end, I think for like a couple days, man, they started out like weeks and, and sometimes like I think even a full month and so he and Wally got to know each other pretty well and he actually asked Wally to to be um, the, the head usher at this first crusade and the second crusade he said hey you did a great job we'd be the head usher again and then the third crusade uh, in Seattle sorry is what I'm, I'm referring to the third crusade in Seattle um, he invited Wally to sit up on stage like through the through the whole thing uh, pretty pretty amazing like when, when they when Billy and his crew would like come through town, like they would eat at, at Wally's house with his, with his family. Uh, so we've got a, a bookshelf in our house, uh, this kind of built-in bookshelf in our main living area, and Lindsay's like decorated, so it looks like really nice. And uh, there's this one section where we've got like these cool old books, but really like we've never read any of them, like we just think they look rad. Um, so none of them mean anything to us except for this one, and, and it's this Bible that, that Wally had, and, and you, you open it up, um, and, and it, there's just this little handwritten note. And it says, "Thanks a million, Wally. Love, Billy." And I just—he's not my grandpa. I've never, never even met Wally, but I think it—I just think it's so cool, right? That like, man, Billy Graham knew knew Wally. How much more amazing is it to to say that, that you are known by God? Right? And I want you to, for a moment to just look around the room at different people here. Like, I want you to notice one another. Right? These people that you're looking at in this room are known by God, right? He, he didn't just save them and, and say, okay, whatever, like, go do your thing. No, no, they're, they're known by God. So that brother in Christ, like a row away from you, is known by God. That, that sister in Christ is known by God, right? That's his adopted daughter. That, that guy is his adopted son. And, and Paul's really good to help us see and, and consider, like, who we're dealing with here. Right, that these are people that are known by God. This is who we're called to love. And, and yes, we are called to love everyone, but there's a special love that we're to have for other people who are known by God. And, and later in the passage, Paul will, will call them brothers in Christ. Right? The New Testament authors they call us brothers in Christ, sisters in Christ, because that's what we are. We're, we're in the family of God together. Right? We each need to see each other. We do better to see each other more and more as family. We need to be reminded that we're family. And there was a time where, honestly, I thought it was pretty cheesy to call someone like my brother in Christ, my sister in Christ. It just kind of sounded hokey to me. But then I think about my own brother, my biological brother. And there's nothing I wouldn't do for my brother. Uh, I, I mean, honestly, I, there's... There are probably things that I should not do for my brother, like if he got in trouble, that I'd be tempted to do. Because this is my brother. Like I I love him, and 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 that's what the biblical writers want us to understand. That's why we they use this family language. So I don't just see this person that I go to church with every week as as another person, even or or just even as a as as another uh, person who who loves Jesus. But no, this is my this is my brother in Christ. This is my sister in Christ. Of course. I'm going to love them. And, and, and as we read in Scripture, I think it's hard for us in our Western culture, in this American culture, we just, we tend to see everything through this individualistic lens. And the Bible just doesn't write that way, right? When it says you, most often that you is plural. You, the body, right? You, Christians. And unless it's really clear that it's talking to an individual you'd do better to assume that it's talking to 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 the whole like the whole church or all, or all of Christianity Verse four here. It says, "Therefore, as to eating, uh, as to the eating of food offered to idols, we know that an idol has no real existence, and that there is no god but one. For although there may be so-called gods in heaven or on earth, as indeed there are many gods and many lords, yet for us there is one God, the Father, from whom all things, or from whom are all things, and for whom we exist." And one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom are all things and through whom we exist. So Paul affirms what is true, right? The idols are fake. They are not God. The the only God is God the Father, Jesus the Son, the Holy Spirit, the triune God. That is it. There is no other. This is what is true. So the people that possess this knowledge, they're absolutely correct in their understanding. But he goes on to tell us what happens to these brothers and sisters. Verse 7. However, not all possess this knowledge, right? That, that, that these idols are fake gods. They're not, they're not even real. But some, through former association with idols, eat food as really offered to an idol, and their conscience being weak is defiled. Food will not commend us to God. We're no worse off if we do not eat it and no better off if we do, right? So in that church, there were some that used to worship idols and there's food offered to idols and now they've come to truly trust in Jesus. They've repented of sin. They've trusted in Christ for salvation, but because of their background, they, uh, they're they susceptible and their conscience is, is weak in this area, right? They can't get past this. The, uh, other believers eating food offered to an idol it's it's a barrier to them it's a hurdle that that is in the way of of them knowing trusting following jesus right so there are believers in the church some again that knew that the idols weren't real and and eating the meat uh, offered to a fake god does not matter but this truth it's interesting this truth to paul isn't as important as what is happening to them Right? Paul, Paul doesn't say, hey, what I need you to do is correct, correct this thing, logically explain to them that this doesn't matter. Right? There's not even a hint of that in this passage. His concern is that it's damaging their conscience. Right? Paul's concerned about the impact that this has on them because, uh, because of their convictions, even though their conviction is wrong. Right? And one little tiny caveat that I will not spend much time on, just because you have a conviction doesn't mean it's correct. And as Christians, sometimes we stand behind, this is my conviction. And what we mean by that is, no one can convince us otherwise. We ought to have humility, even in our conviction. Paul, next verse, verse 9, he gets into rights. He says, but take care that this right of yours does not somehow become a stumbling block to the weak. Right? And as Americans, we relate to this. Right? We talk a lot about rights. And, and I think it's easy as Americans for rights to become an idol for us. And do not get me wrong, I... Uh, we are so blessed, the rights that we have in our nation. And I do get nervous that many of our rights uh, are eroding away and and will erode away over time. Um, Paul specifically here's talking about rights that he has before the Lord, freedoms that he has in Christ. He has the right to eat meat because the food he eats or or doesn't eat isn't what gives him right standing before the Lord. However, that right is, isn't what matters most to him. What matters to Paul is his brother or sister in Christ. What matters more to Paul than his right to eat meat is how his actions impact another Jesus follower. And as I'm reading this, I'm just going, man, Lord, do I love other Christians like that? Right? Do we love other Christians that way? Paul's love for Christians is convicting. If you turn to Romans 9, verse 1, he says, I'm speaking the truth in Christ. I'm not lying. My conscience bears, uh, bears me witness in the Holy Spirit that I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart. And then he says, for I could wish that I myself were accursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my brothers, my kinsmen, according to the flesh, right? Man, how much do you love your brothers and sisters in Christ? I'd be shocked if any of us could say that. And, and he's talking about people that aren't even Christians yet, just people, uh, fellow Israelites, who he, he wants them to be Christians. He wants them to be saved. Paul's love for them is off the charts, right? He's saying, I, I wish I could be cut off from Christ, right? I'd trade in salvation. I'd be sent to hell in order to save my fellow Israelites. And Paul knew that if we read those words, he knew exactly what we'd, th- what we'd think. We'd think, oh, he's, he's trying to make a point. He's exaggerating. But no, that's why he starts off verse 1 the way he does. He says, I'm speaking the truth. I'm not lying. Seriously, my conscience before the Holy Spirit bears me witness. All right, Paul. Okay, we get it. We, We get it. You're saying what you mean. Paul loves them so much that he wishes he could trade in what he has in Jesus so that fellow Israelites would be saved. And again, I read this, I'm like, man, how much do I love my brothers and sisters in Christ? Right? Not, not just the ones we see eye to eye with, but what about the ones that, that have different uh, views than us, maybe different political views? How about the Christian that has kind of some quirky theology here and there? Or how about the Christian that bugs you? And I know everyone just had someone pop into their mind, except for me. I had two people pop into my head. Just kidding. Neither of them are here. <laughs> just kidding. I'm totally joking about all that. <laughs> Sometimes I gotta stop. Um, but but seriously though, right? With with, with Christians that, that bug us, man, do we love them, or do we just work really hard to not be all that close to them? Like do we do we take off to the other side of the room with them? We're called to love all of our brothers and sisters in Christ, and, and whether you're christian or not right like we all struggle with with taking what we want with our desires with our perceived needs and, and and putting that above everyone else right we we want what we want and sometimes it makes it just so hard to see how how someone else can think differently than us and then what can happen not at all saying everyone's doing this but what can happen to me is then judgment creeps in right so so we can think, oh, that, that person doesn't really care about other people's health, or that person's just fearful of the virus, or, or that person's fearful uh, of the government controlling everything, or, or that person just needs to trust God with their life, or, or they're lying, and, and it's just easy for us to start judging, and, and maybe you aren't doing that. Uh, praise God if, you, if you're not, but, but I wanna warn us, I wanna remind us how easy this is for us. And I've had a couple, pe- a couple people in the last few weeks Talk to me about that. Just recognizing in their flesh, like they're judging people. And, and one, uh, for one of them, it was this last Sunday. Um, man, we, we need to remember the words of, of Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount that we just went through, right? He says, man, remove that plank that's in your eye before you try and, and, and get rid of that tiny little speck in your brother's eye. We need to humbly look at ourselves, we need to ask God to search us and, and expose our sin. We need to first examine ourselves. We need to deal with our own stuff, our own fears and, and struggles. We need to deal with the ways that we're not trusting in God. Right? It's, it's really easy to look at someone else and say they're not trusting in God. Man, none of us are trusting in God in all the ways that we should be by this point in our walk with Jesus. So what are we willing to sacrifice for our brother and sister Right, and I'm not t- just talking to people that don't want to wear masks. I'm talking to people that think everyone should wear masks. I'm talking to people in the middle that don't even care. Man, what, what are we willing to sacrifice for a brother or sister? Or maybe, maybe what's more telling is what are you not willing to sacrifice? Like what's too far for you? What's your limit? And, and, and maybe maybe you're going, man, but they aren't sacrificing for me. This has just been me sacrificing. I'm so glad that Christ did not use that excuse. Are you committed to not judging someone who thinks differently than you, no matter what your opinion is? And maybe you think, but, but what if they're wrong, right? What if what if they're in sin? Well, I'd ask you, do you actually know that? Like, are, are you making assumptions? Have you talked to them? This, this whole year has just reminded me how complex things are, right? Politics, pandemic, race stuff, like everything's complex and, and the world, and we're seeing this all over the place. They're so good at making assumptions and, and judging and gossiping about people. This church, the church, should not be. We should not have that skill set. We, we should be great at talking. Right? And if you aren't going to talk, then don't let your mind and your heart come to conclusions about someone else. We should be excellent at, at, at talking with one another, praying for one another. Verse 10. It says, for if anyone sees you who have knowledge eating in an idol's temple, will he not be encouraged, if his conscience is weak, to eat food offered to idols? And so by your knowledge, this weak person is destroyed, the brother for whom Christ died. We have a responsibility for brothers and sisters in Christ. How we live actually impacts others. None of our living happens in a vacuum. Just like like how we live in our nuclear family impacts the rest of the household, the same is true in the household of God. So we consider others in this family that Christ has made, and we would do well to think this way more and more. And yes, in the pandemic life, but long after the pandemic is over, right? Long after, after we don't even talk about COVID every day and masks and vaccines, Paul makes it clear how valuable each brother or sister in Christ is, as he says, this is the one whom Christ died for. There's really no argument that you can make against that. The Christ follower is so loved and so valuable that Jesus died for them. He made the ultimate sacrifice. So these these huge sacrifices that we feel like we're making in comparison to Christ, obviously they're puny. Whatever sacrifice You consider for a brother or sister in Christ, it isn't laying down your life for them, right? It isn't taking on the wrath of God in the place as a substitutionary atonement. You're just considering how do my actions help or even harm a fellow believer? Am I doing something that's distracting from Christ right now? Am I elevating myself above them? Am I showing grace? This this week, I've just been wrestling all week. Um, What do we do? right? And at one point I was considering, and I brought before uh, staff and the elders, like, do we do two services, right? One that has masks only and one that's masks optional. And, and, and I hate, I actually hate that idea, but in talking with people, I'm like, man, there's some people that feel so strongly, like, I don't even know if they can see each other. And, and I know, I mean, I just know, like, for some of you, like, Master, driving crazy. And I know for others, like you come into the church and, and you, then you see someone with a mask off and you're just like distracted the whole time, right? Like maybe, maybe you're vulnerable and you can't get the vaccine. Like we have multiple people that that's their situation in our church. So someone just saying, hey, if you're concerned, why don't you just go get vaccinated? Like it's not that easy for you. And, and man, I'm sorry, because most of us just don't realize that. Like we don't think through all the complexities of, of, of everything for everyone. I know some of you wear masks all day at work, right? And, and, and it's just, it's driving you nuts. And, and some of you have to police people in masks, telling them to wear masks and you don't even know like what you think or, or what you believe and, and you wanna come to church and just have it be this safe, normal place where like you can see someone smile. You desperately wanna see people's faces. I know that we have multiple people in our church that when you wear a mask, you feel like you're suffocating. You feel like you're drowning. And, and many of us don't relate to that. Um, uh, and if you're like me, um, I've honestly thought and said out loud a couple times uh, to some people, and it's not that hard. And I, I'm sorry for that, because I, I have to remember, I've been reminded that there are things that are super easy for me. They're super hard for someone else or, or vice versa. We all have those things that, that it seems like, man, it's not that hard. Well, you know what? It actually is for that person. Right? We have some people that, whether it's a, a physiological issue or a psychological issue, kind of like claustrophobia, like for some, it, it's so strong it makes you not even want to be at church. Like I, I can think of a sweet sister in Christ that, that because of her breathing issues, man, the mask just makes her cough. Actually, she, she coughed long before COVID was a thing, and, and she rarely comes to church. Because it, it, she's just so self-conscious about, what does my coughing do to other people? And, and, and man, I, I just, I want her here. I just wish that that she could be here. Nah, for that handful of people that I can think of, that man, you, you shouldn't wear a mask, there's at least four of you I can think of. I just wanna tell you, just come, right? Like even if you just have to hang around me, like I'll protect you and say, they're, they're with me, it's cool. Um, I, I mean, I said that in a funny way. I really just want you to be able to come though. Um, our country's at odds about all this. And I, I can handle that, right? Like, I, I, it makes me sad to see our country so divided over so many things, but but I expect that. What I can't handle is Christians living this way. And I don't just mean us. I mean Christians all over our country, all over this world. Um, and we ought to be different from the world, right? Like, we should be so different from the world. And, and um, honestly, I'm embarrassed, um, uh, and again, I'm not just thinking about us, but I'm just looking at the news and all kinds of things. Like, I'm embarrassed, I'm sad, and I want the testimony of the church to be just so different. Verse 12 <clears throat> it says, Thus. Uh, sinning against your brother, right? This is the one with an that's, that's eating the meat that, that, that knows there's, uh, this isn't a real God. So thus sinning against your brother and wounding their conscience when it is weak, you sin against Christ. Therefore, if food makes my brother stumble, I will never eat meat lest I make my brother stumble. All right? are, are not giving up a freedom for a brother or sister in Christ can be sinning against them. It can be damaging to them. It can be sinning against Christ. And, and I, I'm not claiming that masks like, fit this passage perfectly, right? But there are things that, that we can take away from this and really, I hope we're taking away so much more that has nothing to do with masks because masks eventually won't be a thing. But there are times when we choose a freedom that we have in Christ and because of that decision, we damage this brother or sister, this family member. We're sinning against them. We're sinning against Christ. And, and Paul, man, I mean, Paul is... His love is just wild. He's ready to to not just give up meat, sacrifices, idols, but which he has the freedom to eat. But he's just ready to go vegan, right? Which for some of you, that's like that's crazy. Can you do that? Aren't you just born vegan? But 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 how his life impacts another Christian is more important to Paul than eating meat. I don't know, like some of you, are like man, why are we talking about mass? Like I don't even care. Um, but there will be other scenarios in your life that you will care about. They'll be really weighty to you. And what will you sacrifice for a brother or sister? And the application I think I've most often heard, I've certainly most often thought of with this passage is alcohol, right? So let's say you have a brother, sister in Christ, they're an alcoholic, they, they, they turn to Christ, they, they trust him with, with all of who they are, including uh, that, that battle um, and you, you have the freedom to drink alcohol, not to get drunk, but to, to enjoy some alcohol, but for the sake of your brother, right, who, who, who because of their background with alcoholism, they, they really struggle, they're weak here, they're susceptible, so you decide, hey, I'm gonna, at least around them, I'm giving that up, or maybe you completely give it up. But this is what like, the stronger one does for the weaker. But in our scenario, who's the weaker brother? Right? I wonder if either position thinks the other is weaker, And I can imagine scenarios where either side is the weaker brother. It's easy to make your health uh, an idol. It's it's easy to not just be cautious, but to live in fear. It's also easy to to just be so frustrated with mandates and shutdowns and, and politics and the impact that it's had on other ones that you're just angry right? There's just like this, this this simmering anger going on. It's, it's easy to think that, that masks do so little that to ask people to wear them is absolutely ludicrous. It's easy to think that if masks help even a tiny bit, then why wouldn't you do that for someone? And, and, and then to judge them as, as unloving. I think there's all kinds of ways that every side can can sin in this. I, I didn't do uh, the mask man, mandate. I didn't do uh, the, the two services because as I talked with the elders, as I talked with the staff, uh, I, really, I really came to, to think that, man, the, the best thing for us is to wrestle through how do we love each other because that's what matters long after masks. Right? There will be other things, though, that come up that I, I think won't be as obvious as masks, and, and we need to ask ourselves, are we taking into account how we serve each other so that's what I'm asking you to do is, is think through, how do I love my brother and my sister, right? Which may mean taking non-gospel convictions and willingly laying them down for someone else's sake. Uh, I'm asking that you have grace for people that you disagree with and, and maybe you aren't ready to have a conversation, right? Because right now you, you just couldn't trust yourself to say loving words, but, but will you show them grace, right? Again, long after masks, will you consider the needs of others even above your rights and your freedoms and and for people that are black and light black and white i'm not drawing like a hard line for you like you got to wrestle you got to think you got to consider i'm going to close with this first john 4:11 beloved If God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. Everything in the life of the believer should come down to God's glory. John says, when we love each other, others can see God because his love is lived out in us. So this issue that we're dealing with today and every other issue needs to be about God's glory. Right? not ultimately about our health and I'm not saying forget about health but we can elevate that above God not about not about your tribe not about what what I want or don't want not about my rights not me 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 but about God the Father the Son the Holy Spirit and our, our current situation is lame man I'm so done with it uh, I'm, I'm worn out Uh I've had a couple different people tell me, like, hey, Greg, I think you're going to burn out. And I don't know if that's true or not. Um, I've had plenty of conversations this week, multiple texts. One wrote me a letter uh, yesterday just making sure I'm okay. Um, you know, honestly, I have not enjoyed this week. Um, I've cried every day, and apparently today's the same. Um, but I think it was Thursday night. Uh, Lindsay asked me um, if I was doing better. No, no, she said, she said sorry, you got to deal with all this. And, uh, and I told her that day, I was thinking about Isaiah. And we're going to get to this. I think it's in Isaiah 20. Um, Isaiah was asked by God, not asked, he was told, he was called by God to walk around naked for three years. Right? And, and there's debate, like, was he literally fully naked? Was he just mostly naked? And, and I said to Lynn, like, either way, Lord's not asking me to do something crazy like that. Like, i just got to deal with masks right now. And I'm totally serious. Like, I'm like, this season will pass. Like, I'm so glad I'm not one of the prophets. Like, I, this is going to pass. I'm tired, but, but man, God's going to get us through all of these hard, hard things. And I just think we're so worn out because we can't tell when the end is coming. But, but God has us in all of this. And, and we're, we're the family that, that Christ died for. Praise God for that. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you, Lord. Like, I, I look around this room, and I see so many people that I've known for, for years and others I'm just getting to know. And, and, and to the degree that I can know someone's heart and what they think about you, I just see so many brothers and sisters in Christ. So many, so many people that are known by you, and I thank you for that, Lord. And I pray that you'd increase our love for one another. I pray that where we're prideful, you'd show us that. Uh, I pray that, that um, where we need to make sacrifices, we, we do. Uh, I pray that we'd be ready to have conversations. Lord, I pray, for, I pray for grace, Lord, that we'd be so gracious with each other. God, as, as things like stir up in us that aren't good, God, we help us to deal with those. We help us to come to you with sin. We help us to come to one another if there's anything we need to confess to each other Lord if, if there's things within our body that need to be reconciled God would you do that work would, would you press upon people's hearts that they they need to have that conversation they need to ask forgiveness Jesus we, we want to love you we want to glorify you and I, and I just I pray that we wouldn't get sucked into the methods of this world but that we would we would cling to Scripture we'd see what is important in you Lord and we would live that way Jesus